What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic so slow, connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to All the Smoke, episode 100. We got them for y'all, man. When I thought of this show, this was one of the first people that came to mind. I've always respected his game, obviously, but I've respected his mental more, just the way he's approached life and the game. Me and Jack been chasing this nigga for two years, <laughs> yeah. and we finally got him, man. But it's only right. It's the 100th episode. We here, and we in New York. Yeah. And we got mellow here, man. Indeed. Appreciate you, bro. Absolutely, peace. My brother. Absolutely. Appreciate you being Indeed. here. Indeed. Yes, Let's get right to it, man. 18 years in the league. This COVID is kind of obviously the pandemic has taken over the world, but what has it been like for you as a player in the health and safety protocols and all the stuff you have to do outside of actually having to getting to play the game? It was tough. Like, I mean, going back to the bubble, yep. right? With those health and safety protocols, it's like shit was like Fort Knox down there, you know what I'm saying? So you really had to be on it. And it was serious. Like, I, th I think a lot of guys didn't know or understand what it was going to be like. But it was serious down there in that bubble as far as the protocols and all that. So I just followed protocol, man. Right. They, they did what I had to do and let everybody else do their job at the end of the day. People don't understand how mental this game is. I mean, obviously, when you get to the top level, it's, this is what allows you to you know, sustain your longevity. How has it been? Um, you know, you had a, a point where you had to take a whole year off it wasn't me. really by your choice. How did you stay mentally locked in, knowing that you still have the ability and the skill to do it, but you wasn't getting the opportunity? Yeah, but you know, like, training is, like, for me, it, has, it became my lifestyle. So it's like I never was going to stop mm -hmm. training. It was just one point where I didn't know what I was training for. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what team I was going to go to, what situation I was going to be in. So I'm just in the gym, just working on shit that I already know how to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's It's... it's is, is second nature to me. Right. So I didn't know what situation I was going in. So that was the hard part. The mental part, 
the tough part was like, damn, you don't know where you're gonna be at. Mm -hmm. You know, you start hearing, because they let me go in November, like November. Right, early. So it was like, December 15th, you're gonna get picked up. January, wait till January 15th, wait till, you was know, it ever trade team, Was it ever teams or just this is the, like the point in the schedule or the season where they would look at? We, I mean, we was in the first 10 games of the season. Right. So we didn't even get a chance to see what a team can really mm -hmm. be about. You know, you're still working out the kinks and people ain't played preseason, guys is hurt, so you trying to figure it out. But that whole year, it was just like, I had to like just say, fuck it, like I'm getting away from the game of basketball because when you love something, and they don't love you back no more. Yeah, it man. ain't no point. It ain't no point to even giving putting your all into it. Mm -hmm. So but I always said, I'm a, you know, I'll keep my body right. I'll, I'm a train. I work out. My son had me right, being around his teammates and going to AAU tournaments. Mm -hmm. That's what really got me motivated again to get back fire, in the game. Right? Yeah, because I was like, I'm done with the game. Right. The game don't love me the way I love the mm -hmm. game. I'm done. I, I can't tough. deal with it. Especially after all you gave to the game. Though. And I'm like, 17 in, like 16, 16 in at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So. I'm, and I'm talking to people, they're like, nah, I don't give up. I'm like, man, I ain't giving up, but right. it's written. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I'll be cool with walking away with the game. Mm -hmm. I'm set. I'm, yeah. I'm straight. My family is good. I'm, I'm situated. Me and Jack were big advocates the whole time. We run across every once in a while, but we telling these people on these shows, like, what the fuck is going on, man? How's this dude not picked up? How's no one playing? But, you know, you hung in there. You landed on your feet with the Portland Trailblazers. What has that experience been like for that organization and then get a chance to play with Damon CJ as well? It was... So Portland really stepped out there and like, all right, we gonna, we gonna make it work. I, I was hesitant about that situation too, because I'm like, I, I just dealt with this situation. I don't really, you know, you gotta let me know, put the shit on the table at this point, because mm -hmm. I really stepped away from the game. Right. So whatever you bring into me gotta be solid. Mm -hmm. Portland was real solid. Uh, they brought me in and I played right away. And that's all I ever wanted to do was just hoop, man. I, I love the hoops. So I wanted to be on the court. And then I'm playing with Dame, playing with CJ. They, they open their arms up, they open their they city up to me and their organization. So I had to be loyal to those guys. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to give you what I got. You understand? Mm -hmm. And Dame is a real one because Dame always knew, like, nigga, we don't care about what nobody else is saying. Like, we That's know right. you can play. I know you can play. I see you. I talk to you. Mm -hmm. So when you get somebody like that rocking with you, it makes it, it makes that situation easy. And y'all always wanted to play together anyway, right? Yeah, I, I, saw, I always so. was connected with Portland some way, somehow. I don't know why, but I always was connected mm -hmm. with Portland. I mean, I, sh I could have been there four years ago, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, it didn't work out, but... Timing. I always, I always told myself, like, Dame will always go down as one of my top dogs. Forget basketball. Period. Like, as a, as a human being, right. you know what I'm saying? It, it don't get better than that. Yeah. We'll get back to basketball later, but talk to us about your upbringing. Uh, you know, Brooklyn, Baltimore. Uh, what was your, were your childhood and, and teenage years like? It was tough, man. It was, I mean, it's, every hood got the same story at, at the end of the day, but going from New York, Brooklyn, in the height of the early 90s, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that crack era hitting, you know, it's, it's like I'm growing up in that. I didn't know it. But I'm right. growing up in that. Right. And then I go from that situation to be more is like <laughs> worse. It was worse, but I thought it was better. I got I had to, I had a, I, I'm out the projects now, but I'm in the house. I'm in the row house. I'm like, okay, bedroom a little bigger, another extra Feeling room. Good. In there. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. feel good. But I went to Baltimore the summer of '92, and that was the heyday of, you know, it was it was body more Murderland at that point mm -hmm. in time. The pharmacy, you know what I'm saying? The, the wire, like mm -hmm. all of that stuff started to hit, and I'm. Just a product of that environment, man. And I'll, I'll never forget that for, ever, ever. I'll never forget that moment. <clears throat> Memories of Brooklyn as a kid, growing up in Brooklyn. So Brooklyn, like I never left out of, I, I, I was born in Red Hook. 
Red mm-hmm. Hook, Brooklyn. So people who know Red Hook is like, it's like an island within the island. You know, mm-hmm. it's one way in, one way out of Red Hook. You know what I'm saying? So you don't go outside of, outside of Red Hook. I never knew Manhattan. I never knew the Bronx. <laughs> I, never, I, I just never did that. I never went to the Bronx until I got older, until I was in the league. And I'm like, I ain't, I still don't feel comfortable over here. And right. I'm safe, but I, feel don't, I still right. don't feel comfortable. So it was just hard growing up in, in, in Brooklyn, man, as a kid. And you seeing, you know, I had everything, though, as, as far as experience. You know, mm-hmm. people fighting, slap boxing, you know, dope, dope, you know, dope fiends right there on the stoop. You're walking outside, you're kicking needles, you you running, you, you running past, you know, the cells over here to go play ball and you see gunshots and you just, it, it's nothing. Another so day, you're numb be, to it. I'm numb to it. I, I became immune to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a memoir coming up uh, where tomorrows aren't promised uh, coming out September 14th. Talk to us about that project and, you know, obviously you're someone who doesn't really speak very much. Yeah, that was public. a tough one. You know what I mean? So to really open up and be vulnerable and, and, and show your real upbringing in life, how was that for you? It was a tough... It was tough, man, because you start, it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's therapy. Yeah. So you got to go back and, and relive those moments and relive those stories. I didn't want to touch anything after I got drafted because everybody knows that story. I really wanted to people, I really wanted to connect with the youngest out there to let them know, like, what I went through, right. shit ain't sweet. Like, you, know, you don't just make it to the NBA like that. You right. don't just have 18 years in the NBA like that. Right. So I wanted to start from the beginning. So I started from the beginning, and I end the book the day I shook when I walked on the stage. Sure, David Stern. That's the last. Mm. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. And all of that story from from Brooklyn to Baltimore, family, cousins, shit that I had to go through, shit I had to deal with, seeing shit as a kid that you ain't supposed to see as a kid, and you just you see it and you just walk on by. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I like this was the timing of me writing that book. Mm-hmm. It was needed. How long was the process? About a year and some change, man. It was, cause I again, I, I wanted it to be so real and so authentic. Like I ain't hold no punches in the book. Right. So I had to go back and ask those stories, like make make sure people validated really the happened. shit that I was saying, because saying it from my saying it from my point of view is a lot different than mm-hmm. other people's point of view. Right. So I had to. Every story was like, yo, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So they had to validate that, right. you know, cause I ain't want nobody be like, yo, this nigga mellow live. Like, <laughs> right. I ain't want that. So they right. had to really validate. Those stories, so that's why that took the process mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of tears during the time. It wasn't no tears, man. Honestly, it was just like, like I can't believe I made it. Raw right? emotion. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. damn, like yo, you really. People need to hear this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because often too, because I mean, you're still in it, but you never really get a chance to step back and like, damn, look where I came from, look what I did, look what I've accomplished, because you're still in the mix. You're still in the mix, and so that's why I always find myself like going back. And being in there, and it's like I never left. Right. I stayed tapped into the, you know, to my streets and my hood and my people because I was that. Right. And I never got a chance to like decompress on the upbringing. Right. You know what I'm saying? I went from high school, one year old, one year old kill, one year Syracuse, drafted to the NBA. Mm-hmm. I never even. It took me eight years to go back to watch the national championship. I never watched the college national my, my national championship game. Cause I just didn't have a moment to like sit and just sit still. Mm-hmm. So and I always try to go back and, you know, get that love and get that feeling. Yeah. And just those stories, man, it, it, that's what motivates me and keeps me going. 
Talk to us about uh, your high school experience. Obviously, one of the top players in the country started at Townsend Catholic, uh, eventually moved on to Oak Hill. But what was your high school uh, the process hill. like? <laughs> most, NBA, <laughs> most NBA players in any school history. Indeed. Alumni. Indeed. Oh, I mean, like, I went to a Catholic school, right? So going to Catholic school, it was hard coming in there with braids. You know what I'm saying? From the projects, got to take two trains, a bus to get to school every morning. Mm -hmm. You know, getting getting to school, however way you can get to school, and I really was I was good, but I wasn't the top player in, in the country. Mm -hmm. Good, I was locally good. People knew me because I played in the streets, mm -hmm. and I played with my neighborhood. Wherever my neighborhood went, that's what we was playing. We played for money, whatever. Whoever you was, we was rocking mm -hmm. out. So when I got to Towson Catholic, I bought that with me. So by the time I get to my junior year, they kicked me out. You know, a lot of people don't know that I got kicked out of Towson Catholic my junior year because I had braids. They was just, you know, they was... It was racism, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. I didn't know that I was a part of the racism at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you you walking around and, the, you know, the, the Monsignor and the, the Archdiocese looking at you like, yo, well, you got to take your hair out. I'm like, nah, I can't do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? My tie was crooked. You got detention. Like, they was picking on me. Looking for anything. So by the time my junior year ended, I had so many detentions accumulated <laughs> that I had to come back that summer in order to get my transcript, my report card. And I'm like, I'm done with that. Like, I ain't about to come in the summer and scrub tables and, you know, wash books. So I'm not, man, it's summertime, okay, yeah. man. So I got kicked out. They kicked me out. I had to go to summer school anyway. And then I ended up at Oak Hill, which, which really changed my whole life. ABCD Camp, how special was that experience? I gotta take a drink on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. 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 To Melo being yes, here in the 100th episode. Yes, you did. Sir. I don't even drink red wine, but for Melo, fuck you it. You know that? Let's get it. <laughs> God damn it. ABCD camp, man, was like, it was like golden hoops, man. It's like, you there, and it's like, who's who? Like, who I'm matched up with mm -hmm. this whole week. But I was, I was a late bloomer, right? So I had to go to summer school because of my transcript. So I couldn't go to Nike camp. They had me on. They had me on the, on the waiting list at Nike camp. Really? They had me on the waiting list at Nike camp. People don't know that either. That's crazy. Five star camp. I went to Five Star. That was like one of the only camps that I went to. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I go to ABC, but I'm at Oak Hill. Oak Hill's a Jordan school. ABC is Adidas, Adidas, right? And Sonny is like, yo, I just I need you for one day. Like, <laughs> just come for one day. I'm like, nah. Like I'm joined out. I can't wear Adidas. I ain't, you know, no disrespect, but I, at that point, can't I'm like, I can't do it. And Sonny was like, I said, the only way I'll come if you bring my man with me, my man got to play, because I'm trying to get him off the block and get him mm -hmm. in school, which, which turned out good. Oh. And I'm like, yo, I got, I'm wearing my Jordans. Like, it's, I was the only person ever in the history of ABCD camp <laughs> to wear Jordans. It was the AJ16s. I'll, I'll never forget that. But they tried to set me up. Lenny Cook first, LeBron at night. Mm -hmm. Raymond fell the next day. You know what I'm saying? All these big time players, I'm like, let's get it. Like, this is my coming out part. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I only got a chance to play against Lenny that one game, and the rest is history after that. Talk to us about, because I don't think, obviously, he's had his story, but I don't think people, unless you're a basketball head, know how good Lenny Cook was. Lenny was good, man. He was, he was 6'8, you know what I'm saying? Long arms, quick feet, quick hands. 
You know, he was a big guard, he was a point guard, 6'8 mm -hmm. point guard, pick you up full court, mm -hmm. rowdy. You know, he was, he, was, he was one of them. He was, he was cut from where we was cut mm -hmm. from, you know what I'm saying? So I respected him for that. I didn't know him like that, but I respected him because I see him like, oh, this is this the type of time I need. Like, yeah. You know, I need this type of time. This going to bring something else out of me mm -hmm. if I play against that. So mm -hmm. Lenny, was, Lenny was a real deal. I, I give him that. When did you and LeBron start playing each other and start developing a friendship? So LeBron is one year, one year younger Love you. than me. So mm -hmm. we played, and um, when I get to Old Kill, LeBron and them had beat Old Kill the previous year. And I'm like, yo, I, I got to play against him. Like, it's on the schedule. We got him. We got to make it happen. I knew nothing. I ain't never seen him, none of that. Because back then, he was a pamphlet. Right? Uh, man, we was talking about you this know what before. Saying? Like, like, you, there's no internet. You didn't know who nah, the motherfucker was until you it, seen him in the gym. It was Bob Gibbons' report. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So whoever Bob was in that Gibbons, box in the middle, damn, that's crazy. whoever was in the box, that right. was the number one player. So right. you, that's who you're going after mm -hmm. at that point. So we get the jersey, and we playing in a primetime shootout. And he coming in the hotel, and we coming in the hotel. And he like, yo, you mellow? Like, you know, you mellow? I'm like, yeah. And we sat mm -hmm. on the steps. It was All-Star Weekend in Philly, too. So we sat on the steps for hours the night before the game. Like, I don't know nothing about you, dog. You don't know nothing about me. And we sat there for hours just kicking and just talking, man. And we clicked from that Instantly. moment. You know what I'm saying? We just felt like we had similar backgrounds. You know what I'm saying? You single-parent home, mm -hmm. broken family, growing up in the hood. Growing, you know, it's, that, mm -hmm. that was a similar story. So mm -hmm. we, we connected off of that before before basketball. Mm -hmm. that's, that, that's, then that's rare you do that. That's rare you, especially with two players being at the top like that, y'all dug into each other as people. Absolutely. Before First. basketball. So I can, you can, it's easy to understand now, y'all relationship now. Yeah, because I was looking, <clears throat> I was looking for some type of relationship like that with somebody. Yeah. And he was looking for that yeah. as well. So we came in each other's lives at the right time. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because we was both looking for you know, that brotherhood, that, you know, that, that brother that we can rely on and talk to. And we had that. We, that, that shit clicked right away. Oh. Um, besides Syracuse, who else was in the runs to get you in college? Yeah, I committed to like five schools. Like, <laughs> 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 Trying to figure it out. No, I committed because I was just happy. Like, what? I'm walking around school with the, with the book bag full of letters in my bag. Every day it's a new school. I'm like, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> but I committed, I committed early to Syracuse okay. my junior year on my birthday. That was like my birthday present to mm -hmm. me. And I was still at Towson. So when I get to Old Kill, I'm like... You get millions of letters. This is what I'm saying. When you walk in, this, you walk in the gym, every college coach in America is in there. So they looking at me like, yo, why you sign with, why you commit to Syracuse? And they're like, you know you only committed. You know, you, you did a verbal. You don't have to go. You don't have to go. So I'm saying that and we playing and NBA scouts is in there every practice. The practice was like games. It was better than games. Better than games. So at that point, I'm like, oh, let me just, let me just try it. I'm gonna open it back up. And then I like I committed to like, I went like Georgia, Georgia Tech, Jerry Jack and Chris Bosch was going down yeah. Georgia Tech. So it, you know, that, that was one of the schools. Jay Wright was just at, just got the job at Villanova. So I wanted to go to Villanova, but they already had people. Carolina already had people in my in my, in my spot. I forgot who was there. Jawah Williams was there at, at that position. Your senior year of high school was 02? My senior year was 02. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? So then Syracuse was like, they had Preston Shumpert mm -hmm. at the three, and he was leaving. 
So I was like, oh, I can come right in and play right away. And, and that's why I really stuck with, with San Francisco. So what was that experience like? I mean, you guys caught Magic in the bottle. You, Hakeem Warwick, uh, with a Jerry McNamara. Yeah. You guys made that run. And, uh, you know, your one year in, in college, you won a championship. I ain't never think I would do that shit. I'm going to be honest. Like, we wasn't, we, we was a good team. Mm-hmm. But I ain't never think we was going to be that good. Right. You know, like, you know, we to go 17 and, and 0 at home, we never, I never lost in the carrier dome. People don't talk about that enough. Mm. Yeah, that's hard right. to do. Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying? So Especially in the Big East, right? In the Big East. This is when the Big East was the Big popping East. at right. that point in time. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is the Big East, yeah. you know, the heart of it. So being at Syracuse and just that whole experience, man, we just clicked. Like, it was just something that, that clicked. We wasn't doing nothing special. Right. We clicked. And then once we started feeling more confident about ourselves, we were like, oh, we can beat this team? Mm. Oh, we can beat them? Oh, should we just beat Missouri? They was number five. We just beat Georgia Tech. They was number seven. Oh, okay. We know. Yeah, all right. We going into the tournament, and I'm like, look, all we got to do is get hot at the right time. That's all it takes. That's it. And at that point, it was like, we, we knew, we, at that point, we knew we was going to win the national mm -hmm. championship. What, what, was your, what was your mental? I mean, obviously, NBA is the goal, but... College, a pit stop. Did you ever think about jumping straight to the league once you did get nah. to the college? Was it one and done? Like, what was your nah, mindset man, there? I, I could have came out of high school, but again, like, people don't understand, like, NBA never was my goal. Like, it never was. I just felt like we can never, I can never reach that. And you hear so much, oh, you hear the stats. Oh, one out of every thousand, you know what I'm saying? Struck you by start hearing you got all a better chance to get struck so by I'm lightning. So I'm like, there's, there's no chance in hell I'm going to make the league. So I ain't even thinking about the league. Let me just get to college. So when I got to college, I'm on campus. I'm like, I never want to leave this shit. Like, shit is dope. I'm serious. biggies. It's popping up here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm staying. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to the footage, even, like, my press conferences, I'm like, yo, like, Forget one more year. Like, I thought you stay in school for four years. Like, I'm coming back. And then Bayhan was like, man, if you don't get your shit again, <laughs> right. get off my campus, man. We, we ain't trying to hear that. So he really kicked me off the campus, man. <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so. Rightfully right. so. Makes sense. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., 
only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What was most memorable about your, your, your 03 draft class? I think the fact that we all, like, supported each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, me and Bron knew each other first. We came to New York for the drive. D-Wade, you know, we linked up with D-Wade. And it was just like, at that moment, it was just us three just moving. So we felt like we always had to hold each other down, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I always felt like, even though D-Wade is older, I always felt like the big brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was the... I was the, the gangster, the other crew, other, other, other banana boy. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? Like it was like anything. Even when we was younger, I used to feel like I, I had to p- protect Bron. In, in, in a sense, when I say protect him, meaning like if I'm watching this game and a nigga foul him hard, I feel like I gotta get back. I'm a, I'm gonna kill him the next game. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. like I got him the next right. game. You know what I'm saying? So I always felt like that. So that was always our. Dynamics with that 03 class. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you had Chris Bosch, yeah. you know, went, went down to Toronto. You had David West. So it was a lot of guys in, in, in our class that spread out. We had a deep class. But those three, four guys, we, we, we connected. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about it. You might have in passing, but obviously Detroit skipped over you, took Darko. Do you ever think, because that was a good Detroit team. Obviously, they went on and won championships. Do you yeah. ever think of that? Like, damn, Changed the course that? of my career. Man, man. right? Insert him. It was, I'm going to tell you what, man, I, like, to this day, I still think about that. Really? I, yeah, hell yeah. Because I'm like, they, they promised me. You know what I'm saying? Yo, we taking you. We taking Did you. Did they? I'm talking all the way up to draft day. You understand? We taking you. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to Detroit. and get to John C. there. Really? Johnny John. Man, all these guys is there. She, she came in the middle of the year. I mean, she okay. got traded. Oh, well, that's right. And that's what really put them mm-hmm. over the top. But they was like, yo, you going to share time with, like, with uh, Tayshia? I'm like, mm-hmm. cool. Like, I ain't, you know, right. I'm going to come and do my thing. But I don't know how long I'm going to share time with him. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm just right. coming and do my thing. And then they won it. And I'm like, oh, my luck. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm honestly, if I'm there, I think we win. It, they win another one. Mm, nah, I, I think so too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I wouldn't jump out there so we three people, but I think we go back to back if 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 I'm there. Mm-hmm. Because that second year for me would have I would have learned from those guys. They was all vets, yeah. and I would have learned from those guys mm-hmm. in a way that that second year coming back, I would have been a totally different player mm-hmm. coming back. But you know, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. But I was, man. <clears throat> yeah, man. I still think about that shit though to this day, bro. I'm like, because I want to say, didn't we have Rip on the show and Rip swore you was coming too? Yeah, Rip, I'm yeah, telling you, man. Like, Mello, I, though, we, we drove. To get we drove from B-more to Philly. Me and my man Bay, we drove from B-more to Philly, man, to go watch. It was Detroit versus Philly, mm-hmm. and Larry Brown had already took the job at Detroit, but he was still coaching Philly. So we're in the back, and he's like, "Yo, we we taking you, mm-hmm. like we mm-hmm. taking you." So I, you know, I'm driving back up, up 95. Like, yo, we going to Detroit. The whole hood is we Detroit. Detroit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that's just still that's just still sit with me to this day. Mm, that's crazy. So you end up landing in Denver. Um, what was that like? I mean, you're a straight, really an East Coast dude Facts. coming out west. Can't what was that breathe. like? Can't. <laughs> I go to Denver. I'm like, yo, damn. I ain't never seen no mountains before. Like, I ain't never seen no snow caps like that before. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it was hard, but I knew. Like, you just felt the energy going into Denver. Like, they threw the ball at me, it's yours. Mm. And I was 19 when they did that. So I ain't think about no pressure. It was just like, this is mine. Ron had Cleveland, D-Wade was in Miami, Bosch was in Toronto, everybody had their own situation. It wasn't no teaming up back then. Y'all know that, it wasn't no big three, it wasn't none of that. You held your own team down back then, so. I jumped out to a great start in Denver. You know, we made the playoffs seven years straight. My first year I made it, Bronner made make it. So it was like, I love, you know, I love Denver. Let's rewind a little bit, because you should have won Rookie of the Year. I should have. Quiet as kept. I should have. Quiet as kept. Cole, we could have did Cole. Yeah. We could have did Cole. Yeah. I thought we was going to be Cole. Yeah. You know, they did the GL like that. Yeah. Jay Kidd. So I really mm-hmm. thought, okay. And that was part of our story, too. Like, yeah. yo, we about, yo, we about to be Cole Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Like, we was talking about that. Right. And I'm like, man, okay, this, now I see how my career is going to go. <laughs> I see how they're going to look at me. I see what time it is. Just embrace it. I got to yeah. embrace it. Right? Had to. Who are you investing with the Nuggets? I know uh, Big Shot. Big, so Big Shot came later, right? So I had... Uh, Shout out Stacey Ogman. I had Stacey. That's my Plastic brother. Man. Big bro. That's, I had Stace. I had Kmart, Stacey Ogman. I had uh, Vashawn Leonard. Mm-hmm. Sean Lennon. Yep. Was Camby there yet? Camby was dead. Andre Miller. Andre you know, Miller. Those were my, my vets. Earl Boykins. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those Earl Watson came yeah. after that. So I had, I had some good vets. Man. And, you know, we was, as y'all know, the, we was the thuggers back then. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, was, we was hardcore. Like, even though we ain't winning, we still had fun mm-hmm. playing the game of basketball. Yeah. You wasn't coming in Denver with no say, easy coming, yeah, coming You know what I'm saying? Y'all, you couldn't breathe in mm-hmm. Denver, so we like, yo, well, let's get them to the fourth quarter, man. Mm-hmm. We get them to the fourth quarter, we're going to drown them. Yeah, that first quarter's always <laughs> dead. <Yeah. laughs> about the six-minute mark. You, that's we was, what I'm saying. We to tap out. We was blowing our lungs off the night before, too, so you come in there with the extra Absolutely. thin-air advantage. They get up to a 15-point lead quick. And they like this, too. Yeah. And, we, you know, we, we, we started that that run-and-gun pace like that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Y'all caught it, y'all, y'all mm-hmm. had it too in mm-hmm. G-State, but, mm-hmm. you know, we was that run-and-gun style, yeah. and, you know, trying to score in seven, eight seconds, mm-hmm. you know, get the ball up the court, like, 
That was our MO. 2009 Western Conference Finals against Kobe. You guys were right the there greatest. on the doorstep. The Talk greatest. to us about that matchup. The greatest, man. I, I just remember, that was, that was my moment where me and Kobe became, before that, we went to the Olympics before that. We became very close. But we became close on some, like, some disrespectful shit. Like, Cole, you know, you know Cole, man. You're going at Slick. your neck. You're going at your neck. Slick. He's saying shit to you, elbowing you. I had my braids back then, too, so he touching my hair. I'm like, y'all, I don't like what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch my hair. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't touch me no more, dog. And he, you know, he's, he's, he's smirking and, you know, he's doing his little shit elbows. And 09 came, and it was like, I mean, we hugged before the game. He was like, war. It's war. Yeah. And I said, it's war. Like, let's, let's get it. Like, it ain't, it ain't gonna be nothing easy. And I just remember him, he always would tell me, I'll guard you in the fourth. Cause they ain't gonna call, they ain't gonna call, they ain't gonna make no calls on me. They ain't gonna call no shit on me in the fourth. And I just usually try to, I usually try to beat him up though, you know? I was bigger than him, so I used to try yeah. to beat him up, be physical with him. He come back, elbow me, I come back, elbow him. He laughing, talking about that's all you got. You know what I'm saying? It was just pushing your buttons. Pushing my button to see if where I was, was gonna, at? where yeah. I was gonna stand at. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's how. Like we grew, man, and yeah. we all we we became who we are. Talk about your relationship, not in basketball, but off the court, because he he he. I heard him speak in the interview too. That's kind of poor. He was kind of checking your temperature. He was checking kind of person you were and all that. And you know, because you you hear shit. You know what I'm saying? You hear it. And at that point, oh four, oh five, oh six was like. Those was the, the. I was still in the streets at the, the, those days. You know what I'm saying? So you hear all the stories, DUIs, gunshot weeks. Like it was just a whole bunch of project shit at that day. And he was checking me, like he wanted to see if I really was that. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to see if I was gonna fold, or if I was gonna stand tall. And the minute that I stood tall, he hit me, I'm cracking him back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He hit yeah, me exactly. again, I'm cracking him back. He fall, I'm stepping over him. Get up, you know what I'm saying? So when he catch that, he like, oh, I see what type of, mm -hmm. oh, you a bully. Like that's when he started calling me a bully mm -hmm. at, at that point in time. So. <laughs> He How? respected that, though. Oh, there's no question. That. He respected that. He just that. has a weird way of getting it to it, though. Yeah, man, he had a weird way of just, yeah. you know, he had a weird way of just be like, yo, you, yo, you nice. You yeah, know, he, he wasn't just say that. No, nah, that ain't gonna be yeah, that simple. He might not even never say that, period. Man, to the, in the papers he will, but to you he won't. Bro, he pulled me to the side in the Olympics and said, you're a bad motherfucker. Mm. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Because he knew what it was already. And, mm -hmm. and it took him forever to get that. So for me, as a young player, four or five, four years in the league at that time, it's nothing. You want nothing more than somebody like that to come to you. Like, oh, you're a yeah, bad yeah, motherfucker. You right. know what I'm saying? That was respect. So when he did that, I knew it took a lot mm -hmm. out of him mm -hmm. to tell me some shit mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So I took that, and then you know, I, I built on that. Although you guys never got over the hump, you guys are a really special team. Camby, Billups, Martin, Jr. What do you remember most about those teams? Swish. Swiss, man. Big shout out to Swiss, man. That's my that's best, bro. We was, we, I just remember us having fun. Like, we just had so much fun on the road. Mm -hmm. You know, we was road warriors, man. We that was, camaraderie. Yeah, camaraderie. We, you know, we partied. Like, people don't know, man. Y'all know, but yeah. the, the Denver He's Nuggets was partying. Y'all yes. was partying, too. Yes. The Nuggets, we was partying. Every night, we was partying. AI would have a party over here. K-Mart would have a party over here. I got a party over there. Yeah. It was just mm -hmm. like, we tapping in and we gonna, we gonna party Still and we gonna come play and we gonna come right. work the next day. And right. we had that, we had that understanding. Mm -hmm. Take us through the 2011 trade back home. 
we need to have another drink to that? Yeah, I'm gonna okay, have let's get another drink to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2011. Contrary to what anybody, everybody believed, I, I didn't want to leave Denver. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I never told people that, but I never wanted to leave Denver. But it's like they put my back against the wall. We go to the Western Conference Finals in 09. What you supposed to do? Put the build on that. Put the add a piece here, yeah. plug and play. Don't, don't mess the core up. They traded. They got rid of Dante Jones, right? And that, on that team, Dante was a, was a key team. piece mm -hmm. on that team. Mm -hmm. Get rid of Dante Jones. They like, we ain't re-signing Chauncey. We about to trade JR. Kmart, you know what I'm saying? Contracts is up. And the lockout was coming. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm not about to rebuild. I'm not going to rebuild after we don't went to the Western Conference Finals. We supposed to be building, not Better. rebuilding. Right. And I went to him. I'm like, look, I don't want to go, but if y'all going to rebuild, it's time for me to go somewhere else. And New York, New York was a destination, but I had to go through so much. Jersey was at the time. You know, Jersey would come because they had all the picks. George Carl wanted me to, he wanted me to go to Utah. I'm like, I'm not I would stay here, but I played through the lockout. I ain't about to go to Utah for no reason. Because he wanted, at the time, he wanted um, the young boy, Derry Favors. Mm -hmm. He wanted the young boy. So, Word, that was like, man, after that trade, I mean, I better have a trade clause. Because anything can happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I come to New York, and just uh, Amari was here. He was rolling. You know, he came that half a year, that mm -hmm. year before me. Um, Ray Felton was here. They was rolling. Them, they were supposed to be all-stars together. Mm -hmm. And I remember I got married in New York, and they come to the wedding. And I remember I'm on the boat, and we in front of the Statue of Liberty, and they start playing uh, I'm from New York with, with, with Jay-Z. And, and I'm just like in the front of the Statue of Liberty, and I had a Felt moment, right. and I'm like, Oof. Chill. I said, y'all, I got to come. Like, I got to get, get to this. You know what I'm saying? And I'm seeing the energy in New York. And I'm like, if I'm gonna go anywhere, I gotta be, I gotta be on the biggest stage. I gotta perform on the biggest stage. Cause my time in Denver was already, mm -hmm. I already peaked in Denver. And you know, they small market teams like that, or secondary market teams like mm -hmm. that, it would have took them a long time to really get the pieces. Nobody was really coming to Denver like that. Mm -hmm. They did a great job of putting our team together. Right. So what was it like me to, to come home? Uh, and jump in the mix, and then you guys are in the, the, the playoffs your first two years. What's that energy? I mean, although you guys lose in the first round, what's that energy like to come back home? And then you, you, you know, you got your, the, the, the hometown team it in wasn't, the playoffs. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing like it. And I, 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 I tell people all the time, you ain't see nothing or experience nothing until you in the garden when it's rocking. Mm. You understand? When it's rocking, there's no better place in the world to be in. So for me, to, that's home for me every night. Right. But on the flip side of that, I had to perform. Like, you ain't coming oh, yeah. here because they gonna uh, let you know. Uh -uh. You know what I'm saying? Especially you. The guy, especially me. You know, yo, we gave away the whole team for you. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You we gave away the, the whole team. We got to come in the ball. So I embraced that. I wanted that pressure. And mm -hmm. I, I also knew a lot of people didn't want that coming to New York. They didn't want that pressure. So 2013, you guys win 50 games, beat Boston in six, fall to the Pacers. You kind of feel like you guys are making progress at that point? We're making progress. It's like, I feel like I won a championship after, like, after we beat Boston, you know what I'm saying? We beat them. We supposed to sweep them that year. You know what I'm saying? JR gets suspended, but we supposed to, you know, we supposed to sweep Boston. I'll say that on, on the record. Uh, but I felt like it was a championship for me because of just how much you hear about yes. New York, Boston. 
And it wasn't just basketball, it was baseball, it was football, it was high school, it was like street shit. It's like, I'm a part of that and I'm, right. I'm the focal point of that. Nah, being Boston was like the, one of the biggest moments. Cause I, and they was tough, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They was tough, the big three, they, you know, and they, they carried it like that. And yeah. I knew in order to beat them, we had to carry it. We had to be on that same type of time right. they was on. So you come in on a high, and then reality sets in when struggle starts kicking in. Exactly. It's a tough place to be when y'all not winning. What was that like for you mentally? So, I'm, I, so I said it's the best place to be. And the worst. And the worst place mm -hmm. to be. I can see it. And I always, I always observe, right? I always look, listen, and observe. And I am always see how other athletes dealt with shit here in New York. And I would sit back and be like, yo, if that was me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't deal with it like that. Oh, I would deal with it like this. Oh, he doing it the right way. All right, Ojeda, he doing it the right way. This person ain't, you know what I'm saying? I seen how athletes got, they kick the, they build you up and they kick the chair from underneath yeah. for you here in New York. Yep. And I never wanted to be that. So I always stayed solid with the media. Even though I ain't like talking to them, win, lose, or draw, I stood up. I stood tall after the game. If we lost, it was on me. It wasn't on nobody else. I never blamed anybody else. So I dealt with it. And I think I reaped the benefits of, you know, staying solid mm -hmm. at, at the end of it. Benefits of being real so beneficial. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> what could you change if you could from that time? What would you change? From the Knicks? Mm -hmm. I, I think just the way that shit was handled. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the how way you that, was handled. You know what I'm saying? How I was handled right. personally. Right. I, I would. I would change that. You know, I, I would want them to communicate with me a lot more than what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when Phil came, it was just like, he, he cut that line of communication off from me with the front office, with staff members, even players. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, like, you talking to him about me, you going to him talking to him about you is... But I'm right here. I'm right here. And the minute that I knew that was the game that was being played, I'm like, nah. Even me, even with, with C, we had CB, uh, C Brickley, Brickley here yesterday, and he was like... Brick was there? But he was like, you know, when Derek Fisher was there, he was like, he was low-key jealous of the relationship that y'all had. Man, you know look, what I'm saying? Man, because I wanted, I, I'm, I'm big on bringing other people up. Yeah. You know, and Brick was the, he was the, he was a rebounder for us. And I gravitated towards him. Yeah. I seen he was in the gym all day, all night. I'm talking about the hours that they had him working was crazy. No, nobody should work that much. But he didn't complain. He didn't complain, so I'm like, I'll call him, yo, meet me at the gym, I'm coming back up. What time? Nah, mm -hmm. I'll be there. He rebounding. So before practice, after practice, I would look for him. You know what I'm saying? I, I would be looking for Brick. And they, they hated that shit. We also had Kenny Atkinson was, you know, was mm -hmm. in the same position that Brick was in at that point mm -hmm. in time. But I'm going to Brick. I'm like, I, you know, I feel comfortable with him. I can confide in him, he can confide in me. I, I know his struggle and what he's trying to do. Right. And I told him, I said, I got you. Like, I got you. I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you my trainer. I got you. Fuck what they talking about. Right. right. I got you. So you mentioned Phil. I mean, obviously with that relationship, you think Phil Jackson, you think this and that, but once he actually gets there, it is not what you guys think. Has there ever been any closure? Because it's obviously, you know, the friction has been publicized. Has there ever been any closure between you and Phil? Nah, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't need closure. You understand? Okay. There's no, I ain't. It is what it is. I stood tall during my, during my time, so it, it is what it is. You feel the way that you feel about me. You say what you got to say about me. I know if I had to sit down with you, you wouldn't say that. You, mm. you would say something totally different. Mm. You gonna tell me, oh, it wasn't like that. So I ain't really got time for you that. You don't need it. I don't need it at Bucket. this point. Yeah. Part three of your next experience deciding it's time to go. What was that? How tough was that? 
It was tough because I didn't want to leave the Knicks either. You understand? I didn't want to leave. Even though, like, we was losing, I'm like, I still don't want to leave. Like, I ain't, this is me. This is, I came in for a reason. <clears throat> this, is, this is where I'm ending it at. And for some reason, man, that man ain't, he used to, like, tell me everything in the book without telling me, get out. I thought you was a lifer with the Knicks, I can't lie. I thought you was going to retire there. That's, that's, what, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do. And I'm talking about every time, man. It's just like, he telling me shit to just basically, like, pushing me towards the door. And I know he pushing me, and I'm like, nope. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. Trying to get you to hang yourself? Trying to get me to hang myself, man. And honestly, like, I never, man, Phil, I probably had three conversations, man. This whole time he was here. Mm. We never, we never talk like that. If we talk, we would sit in the room, his office, lights out, couple candles, you know what I'm saying? And we would watch film. And he would, he would teach me how to break the triangle. You understand? Like, he would teach me, like, yo, you, this is what you got to do. So I learned it so crazy, but he was, I think he was a little sick that I learned it before. Mm. From Cole mm -hmm. and MJ. Like, you know, I used mm -hmm. to sit with them and ask him, yo, what's up with this triangle? And Cole used to, you know, we sit Bro, down. Cole even. was the master of breaking the triangle. Bro, and I think Phil hated that <clears throat> shit, the fact that I figured it out yeah. on how to get to my spots, how to get what I really wanted out yeah. of that. So he used to always say I was manipulating the offense. <laughs> but bro, like, I'm that's trying to get needed. to it. That's what like, you needed, though. That's what I needed. Yeah. And he, he, wasn't, he wasn't flying with that. That's funny. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you sit back and think about it, 
from where you started you know, to Baltimore, to Syracuse, to now you're number 10 all time on the scoring That's list. First crazy. of all, congratulations. You, but man. what does that mean to you? And how do you process something like that? It was hard. It's still hard to process that because <clears throat> I'm still in it. I'm still right. playing. So, you know, you, you, I'm in Atlanta and that was, that was the that was Atlanta game. And I get the Tim spot. We play the next day. It's like you can't even right. you can't even sit still and celebrate that. You mm -hmm. know, so everybody else can celebrate it for you. Mm -hmm. But you got I, I gotta get ready for the next game. Right. I gotta go play Milwaukee the next mm -hmm. night. Like I can't be celebrating 10th. Like these motherfuckers don't give a fuck about 10th. Like they try to, they trying to beat the shit out of us out right. there the next day. So it's still having I, I understand it, but it ain't gonna be till I'm I'm done. done, done. Right. You got some more climbing list. to do, because nine, you're not that far behind nine. I ain't nine. far from nine, man. Mm -mm. Nine, eight is right mm -hmm. there. After that, y'all can have that <laughs> shit after that. I ain't trying. Listen, I ain't gonna be here that long. That's right. a lot of points, bro. Uh, I mean, Olympic mellow. Three gold medals, uh, all-time leading scorer, although I think KD today, yeah. if he gets six points, he passes yeah. you. Which uh, he should, which he's he supposed to. That's what's supposed to happen, but what was your Olympic experience like? You were one of the greatest Olympic players our country's ever seen. I think losing to 04, getting embarrassed in 04, you know, losing to Puerto Rico at that for me personally. Carlos Arroyo. Like, we could lose anybody, but not Puerto Rico, right? not PR. So losing to 04, coming back in 06, losing in the World Championship. And that moment, we lost the game, and I'm on the court, and they throwing toilet tissue, confetti at it. It wasn't even a championship game. They beat us. And I remember man Braun walked off the court and was like, he's like, yo, come on, man, we gotta get off the court. He was like, yo, we're gonna be back. We're gonna be back. We came back, 07, won the, won, won the FIBA games in Vegas. And I had to convince my brother, man, come on, Cole, we come on. He's like, no, I ain't fucking with it. I ain't fucking with that. I'm like, come on, like you the missing link. You sound just like when you said that shit too. I ain't fucking no, with that. No, I ain't fucking with that. No. For what? For what? I was like, bro, you the missing link, Braun, D-Wade. Like, we are, you know what I mean? JK, right. CP, this was, Dwight was, Chris Barnes, like. Dwight was Dwight still, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to go. He's like, you know, <laughs> Nike came in and, you know, helped, helped it out. But that 08 team, probably the best team I ever played for. I think, I love the 92 team, man. But that 08 team, like, we had a different mindset. Like, we was locked in, you know what I'm saying? And, it was a dog-eat-dog -dog world, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, at that point. And you couldn't come with no bullshit in 08. Practices, you couldn't come. I don't give a fuck who you was. Right. You couldn't come. So 08 came, best experience ever. 2012 came, uh, go, to, go to London, win that. That was sweet, too. Then 16 was like, this is it for me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I left my shit in Rio. My sneakers are probably still in the gym. So I ain't never touching USA basketball mm. again because I... Four Olympics, man. That's a lot. That's a lot, man. Four Olympics. I played USA basketball for damn near eight summers straight. No break. No break. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it, man. I, I hung my hat up with Team USA. If they need me, they could. <laughs> hey, but, you, know? You, know, you know, one thing about it, though, to, for your credit, though, to say all the stars they had on the team, the respect they had for you, because oh, yeah. down in scratch, they was going, they was coming to you. But they also knew. They also knew how I was giving it up too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. also knew, like, yo, you, you fucking around, Stack. Come yeah. on, stop playing. Yeah. Brian, you, yo, you fucking around. Dude, we don't play. Like, we ain't, it, it was that. So, mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back for that, but I felt like I was a glue guy to a lot of situations yeah. over there where shit could have went left. Right. Shit could have went left over there. Mm -hmm. People don't know that. People mm -hmm. who know, know. Mm -hmm. Shit could have easily went left. 
But oh, I mean, man. I think that's the, what this team right now is 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 struggling with is is kind of defining roles and having to understand who's going to sacrifice. Yeah, and you guys yeah, got yeah. a lot of people on your team that yeah. sacrificed to make that shit happen. And it, it started from the from the jump. And Coach K did a great job of you know giving everybody their roles. But he you know he didn't keep you in a box, but he he told you what he expected from each guy. And I remember like you know we was talking about you know who's going to start and who's not. And I went to him I'm like, yo, Coach, look. Don't stress yourself out about that. Start, Katie. Like, I, I bring me off the bench. Like, yeah. I ain't, ain't nobody gonna remember I came off the bench. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody gonna remember that. So he's like, ah, oh, you know, it's just, I said, listen, Coach K, man, start that man. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I'm, I'm gonna do what I do regardless. Start him. Mm-hmm. And, that, you know, he, he defined those roles for us. You haven't yet got an opportunity to win a championship, but how special was it winning gold medals with your brothers? Yeah, so the gold medals, winning that was special. <clears throat> Especially that 08 one. Like, the 08 was like, okay, we got our shit back. And I looked to, I looked to the left. Braun looked to the right. Cole back here, D-Way, CP. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was like, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You're supposed to celebrate these moments at, the, at that level of any sport right. together like that. How did the banana boat come together? I have no idea, but to be honest, man, I, I wasn't on that. I wasn't on that that fucking banana boat, man. You know what I'm saying? We went on a vacation. You know what I'm saying? We went on a vacation, man, a little brotherhood vacation, and LeBron saved your life. I heard there's a I room. Came yeah. though, I, 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 I came late though. I came late to the vacation. So you missed the banana boat. So as I'm as I'm on a tender, going to the yacht, I see them on the on a banana boat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking like, what the fuck is going on? Yo, what are y'all? You know, I'm looking about something like, what the fuck are they doing? Like you said, you the gangster. Ain't group. never getting on no shit yeah, like that. Right. So, I, so I get to, I get to the boat, and the next day, it's like a picture of like, you know, everywhere, everywhere was a, the banana boat crew. I ain't even there though. I I rolled past that shit. <laughs> I ain't. I won't even get on that shit with my son. Like, right. I, yeah, I'm not right. getting on no banana. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting on that shit, man. Word. Talk to us about too. I mean, there's a I don't know if it's true, but I heard that Bron saved your life. Man, look, some swimming shit. Any truth to it? I just want to know if it's true. It's truth. It's, it's, it's truth, man. We was what happened? We was in like the little grotto, like in the Bahamas. You know, you could swim underneath. Because Jack is great to get in the bathtub, so you can't swim neither. I can swim, but I'm gonna tell you some real <laughs> shit. I can, I can survive. Okay, okay, that's important. I can survive. That's what you need. So we in there and we trying to get back. Everybody swimming back to the to the boat, but I, I'm snorkeling too. We snorkeling on the way back. And my head is in the water, and I'm snorkeling, and I look up. Every time I look up out the water, the boat is further and further away. And I'm getting pushed by the current. By the undertow and current. And I'm like, yo, (laughs) yo. Niggas is looking at me like like I'm joking. I'm like, yo, I need help. Like this, I'm I'm swimming, I'm like this. I'm trying to hold on to a rock. You was exhausted. I was exhausted. I'm like, I ain't gonna fight that current like that. So the one guy was like, just don't fight it. You know what I'm saying? Let it, just go with it. Go with the flow. And I see Bron jump in the water. He just, you know. Aquaman. Aquaman jump in the water. <laughs> I was, because D-Wade was right in front of me. Uh-huh. He got on right before me. So I'm thinking D going come back, but I know D ain't rocking with the water like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so D over there like, he like, yo, yo, go get him. Like, he, go get him. And... I just see Bron, Bron just coming. Like, I got you, I got you, champ. I got you, I got you. Grab me. And we went back, we went back to the boat, man. So, all purpose. LeBron is all purpose. So, so Lifeguard, all kind of shit. But it's crazy because he can really, he's very good at a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I don't give a fuck what it is. He's going to be successful at that. Mm -hmm. He's going to figure it out. He's one of them people. He's just one of them. He's just one of them natural freaks, man. You just, I call him a lab baby, man. He, right. was, he was building the lab. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out, Braun, for saving your man's life. Yeah, we all out, appreciate you. Kang. They said he had Melo on one arm swimming with the uh, swimming against the current with, with the other. With snorkels on. <laughs> Superhuman. Make it look easy. Uh, what was your inspiration behind launching Creative Seven? So Creative Seven was like I already had I had a production company years ago. We did our first project was a Tyson documentary years ago, and I got my feet wet in the production business, and I just always was I would watch the business to see where it was going. But I knew, excuse me, I knew it was hard for athletes to tap into any other industry other than what we do. basketball. Yeah. Right. And, you know, music was a thing at the time. I tried to dip and dab in music. But it was like I knew I had an itch for that shit, you know, and creating content. And I was creating content back then not even knowing what I was doing. And then you see everybody start creating mm -hmm. content. And years later, I'm revamping, I'm trying to revamp the production company. I'm sitting down with my partner now, who's a, you know, she's the, the president of Mellow Enterprises. So we sit down and we just like, yo, we got to start telling these stories. Like, we got so many stories that needs to be told. We got to tap into our people telling our stories. And we got to go back to the true essence of where we come from and telling stories about the unsung heroes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to keep hearing about, no disrespect, but Dr. Martin Luther King. Like, we learned about that shit already. What about... This guy. The next one. Mega Evers. What about Mega Evers? What about these guys right here? They stories need to be told. Mm -hmm. You understand? The history behind that. What they did. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, I, was, I was joking with somebody the other day. I'm like, yo, people don't know Beethoven was black. Right. <laughs> really? That's what I'm saying. You ain't even I know that. I have no idea. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. So it's like, these are, these are stories that people yeah. need to know that. And shit that they should do to him. Right. It was a reverse. The richest man ever in the world was black, Mansa Musa. Mansa Musa. So yeah. it was like, these are stories that people don't know about, but they really need Me, yeah, to know absolutely. about that. So that was like the, you know, the, 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 the idea behind creating Creative 7. Dope. That's dope. Uh, obviously, last year with the pandemic hitting, uh, the George Floyd shit hitting, Jack found his next calling, I think, his, his main calling, what he was made to do. Um, in this social justice space. You guys created a, a social change fund. Mm -hmm. You, CP, Braun, anyone else involved? I mean, D-Way, sure D-Way, Braun, yeah, yeah D-Way, Braun. So what is, what is the mission and the goal behind that fund? <clears throat> Yo, man, we just wanted to start putting our money where our mouth was at. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, we did the SB speech, and that was like the call. That was big. That was mm -hmm. a call to action. That was big. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was, our, that was our athlete summit of 68. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the Ali... Jim Brown, right. that Green. was that moment. Yep. But I also say I thought I think it was bigger than that moment because we they sat in the room and did a press conference and you know amongst themselves. The world seen y'all shit. We was we called out our fellow athletes and if you ain't take that and dis and ran with that after that, then you you ain't who you you ain't who you say you are. You ain't mm -hmm. really down for the cause. Right. So after that it was like what's what's two point to that, you know what's next? Then the George Floyd shit hit and it was like the bubble shit hit. And it was like, yo, we got to do something. You know, CP was already doing it with the, you know, with the PA. D-Wade was doing his own thing. I was doing my own thing. And it was like, yo, we got we to gotta come together. Like, we got to have some type of unity mm -hmm. and go out to the world and really make change socially. Like, you know, so let's create this fund. 
you know, we team up with everybody. It don't even, it don't even matter. Like we ain't in competition with nobody. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you come on, you got some shit, you come on, we we support that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we had our pillars, you know, everybody had their own thing that they wanted to do, education and mm -hmm. prison reform. And, you know, it was just like, let's just take what we take three or four pillars that we really want to rock out with. Let's attack that <clears throat> and then we go from there. Mm -hmm. Where'd the idea uh come up from? Uh what's in your glass? The pandemic. Yo, once in your glass started like, like every Monday in, during the during the quarantine, I would just get on. Like we would just be on Zoom, right? I just I first learned about Zoom during that time. Mm -hmm. So we on Zoom and it's like, say it's me and you on Zoom. We just rocking, talking, drinking wine, and I'm we like I'm like yo, call somebody else on. Like see who you can get on with us. Mm -hmm. I'll call one person. You call one person, that person will call somebody, that person. So it became mm -hmm. just a cycle, you know what I'm saying? It was like Kevin Hart, Wahlberg, mm -hmm. Brady was on one of them, Dave Chappelle. Like, it was just like, you didn't know who the fuck was going to come right. on that. And then I realized, like, yo, everybody needs this, what everybody mm -hmm. needs. Everybody drinking wine and shit. We had D-Nice with the DJ, we had Versus mm -hmm. and the wine. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the three, you yep. know what I'm saying? That, that's what was going on. So. I kept that, what's in your glass. I started it, kept it going. And here now we got a full production behind it, man. Dope. We made it a premium show. Dope. Coming down to the end, um, I think as athletes, often we don't get enough credit for because people just think basketball is our life and that's the furthest thing from the truth. Recently you've had stuff in the media. What do you do mentally to block out the noise to focus on one, being a player, and then two, being a father? Yeah, so the player, that that's gonna be there. Like that's there. Anything I do is surrounded around that. Mm -hmm. As long as I get that done, I can do whatever the hell I want to do mm -hmm. after that. The parenting is that's easy. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta be in their life. That's okay. you gotta be there. You yeah. gotta be mm -hmm. that, that's that's super easy. That comes natural mm -hmm. for me. So I don't have to think twice mm -hmm. about that. So when shit is out there in the, in, the, in, the, in the field and people talking, like I just stand tall on who I am. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I know the truth. And that's all that matters. Like, you ain't gonna never hear me speak on nothing. I don't basketball, personal. You ain't gonna never hear me speak on it because only I know the truth. And I'm gonna stand matter. tall on and that. All that, and that, but that. That goes with who I say. People say a lot of things, but when you go and look at yourself in the mirror, if you're not happy with what you see, because the mirror ain't gonna lie to you. Not, not at it's, all. It's gonna, it's gonna keep it real, real, real with you every time you look in there. And if you can go in the mirror and be happy with what you see, fuck with anybody else. It say. don't matter, man. It don't matter. But I also say that that year that I took away from the game, <clears throat> like that shit did something different to me. Mentally, spiritually, mentally, it did something different to me. Mm -hmm. Like I came out of that on some, like, I was untouchable. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like spiritually, I was locked in. I, know, I haven't been locked in like that. I'll be in my lessons and my books and all that. But, I wasn't locked in like that, you know? So to sit still for a year, give me a chance to get away from basketball, really say fuck basketball mm -hmm. at that point. Let me get back in my literature. Let me get back in my lessons. Let me, let me really lock in. Let me, let me unravel all of these years Damn. of just building up, building up and suppressing a lot of shit. I got to get that out. Mm. And the minute that I got that out, like I just, I felt so much better mentally, mm -hmm. spiritually. I just felt so much better after Lighter. that. During that time too, it was good you didn't say nothing because you had so many people speaking up for you Absolutely. because they know you as a person, they know what you deserve, and every everybody that knew you didn't mind riding from. Now I ain't talking about right. us, I'm talking about the world. Right. Everybody right. was speaking up because like 
And that, that's a testament to who you are. Indeed. You know what Indeed. I'm saying? Because like, like the media can say a lot of things, but the best thing about now is we controlling our own narrative. That's and people fact. that knew you, Peers. Had, we had like we had a platform, mm-hmm. and people that knew you had a platform. So it's best sometimes when you don't say nothing I because you know people much, that know man. you gonna ride Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. I didn't. I ain't have to say much, man. And I'm glad I didn't really have to say much. I ain't had to say shit at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? I had y'all holding my, holding me down, which I appreciate that big time. And just people, like you said, people who knew me. Right. People who mm-hmm. really know my true essence. That's who was speaking up yep. for me. And I always say, man, I've, if I never, ever won a championship, as long as I got my respect for my peers, mm-hmm. yep. that's important. all that matters. Right right. That's all that matters. Straight up. Right. Quick hitters, first thing to come to mind, if you could relive one night in your career, which night would it be? <laughs> Draft night. Okay. Why draft night? Draft night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I dig. I dig. I dig. Draft night. I dig. Draft I dig. Night. Draft night. <laughs> you plus four going to blacktop. Who you taking? Going to the blacktop. You plus four. Oh, Cole. KD. Mm. Kyrie. Mm. One more. Me plus four. Yeah. I don't really need a big. I'll take ticket. I'll take KG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take ticket. Mm-hmm. I, I, because you, we plan That's on blacktop. You plan on blacktop. You gotta go get it, man. You, you gotta, gotta be the dog. killers out there. With he you, is you know the what I'm dog. So, top we, five. Go ahead. What? No, go on, go on. Top five artists in your opinion. Oh shit. <laughs> right now. In your, period, your, your top five artists. I'm Nas, Hove. Kiss. I smell that East Coast bias <coughs> coming in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice old kiss. Oh, I hate this, man. I hate this shit. <laughs> like I'm a, I, I love, like I'm a, I love Rock Kim. Mm, yeah, come on, man. I'm I love the guard, man. So he will always, no matter what, be mm-hmm. in, my, the in my top Rock five, Kim. man. Mm-hmm. You know. Hence the seven. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. you, you know the you know the, the, the history on that. Yeah. Um I like I'm a Jeezy fan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a Jeezy. Like I, I came up with Jeezy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> fuck that. I can't put five, man. I, yeah. I can't I hate this shit. I hate, I, can, I can do everybody. I, hate that I shit. can't do Nas. I don't know what Nas do. I hate that shit. You Does know Nas what I'm saying? Do anything? I, I, up, what I'm saying. I don't I, know. I, like I grew up on Nas. You know what I'm saying? I grew up on you know, the Timberland boots with the army jackets. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that mm-hmm. was project, looking out my project windows, like, songs that could... Spoke to you. That yours. spoke to me, the you know what I'm saying? Yours. The Wu, mm-hmm. Wu-Tang, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then as I started getting older, you know, X started, you know, X was a dog, mm-hmm. Snoop, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I always fuck with game, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't put five, man. I fuck with everybody. I, I'll tell you what I do, though. I give everybody a shot. Yeah. I give everybody a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that, that gives me a reason to be like, nah, I don't fuck with you. Fair enough. Favorite road arena to silence. Ooh, good one. Boston. Mmm. I like that. Boston. He don't like that. Look, he don't like that. <laughs> no, you, yeah, yeah. He don't Boston, like man. that. Boston, man. Boston just, the Boston is just, they vicious out there, man. man. They got diehard fans. Yeah, boy. they don't give a fuck out there, mm-hmm. Boston. That's the, that's the East Coast Utah to me. Boston. Utah is second. <laughs> That's East Coast Utah. motherfuckers out there is rowdy. Yeah, Utah is yeah, racist. Yeah. If I can silence Utah, I'm going to silence them. Yes, yes, yes. Like, Utah is a place you want to dagger. Like, you want to beat them so yeah, bad. Yeah, you want to dagger and just 
talk your talk your talk out there in Utah. Your favorite matchup to this point through your career? It was always, it would be cold. It would be cold. Because <clears throat> y'all went at it. On the spot again, five dinner guests, dead or alive. <clears throat> I think you would like this question, though. Deep as you, I think you would yeah, like this, man, dead or alive. I, I, um, Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Nelson. Mm-hmm. Marcus Garvey. Yeah. Um, Dr. Ben York. Mm-hmm. Deep. Um, Obama. Mm. Hell of a table. table. You're gonna learn a lot at that table. Hell of a table. Last question, bro. This is a big. I might interlude on this question. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, yeah, and get, yeah, go ahead, yeah. get him. Final question, bro. But remember, the answers to this question, you have to help us get them on the show. Who would you like to see on All the Smoke? The person that saved your life swimming. <laughs> or, oh no, no, he he cool with somebody else that we trying to get to now. Okay. Let him speak. We'll let. Him. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this nigga's been doing noises ever since Fat Joe came out oh. today. <laughs> I know all they live. I think those. I think those two, man. I think Hove. Mm. I would love to see Hove. I would love to see Hove on here because it's real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it's authentic, and he gonna kick that. He gonna kick that shit to you. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? He gonna. He gonna. He gonna have you. He gonna have all of y'all in here on some. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you are gonna learn some shit from him too. Yeah. I would love to see Brian on here too. Um, the cane. I would love to see. I would love to see Hov on here though. Yes. I, just, I, I mean, I, I can sit and listen to Hov talk. Yeah. All day. Mm -hmm. You got bring Nas on here, man. You, yes. you want to get the norm? Bring man. Nas on here, man. God, son, we need you. Esco, any, one, any one of them three will go. Yeah, Esco. Esco, yeah. Esco yeah. Go. come on, Any man. one of them. Yeah. Bless the brothers over here. Bitch. Yes, sir. Well, man, that's a wrap. Mello. Hundreds so, episode, hundreds episode man. bro. We appreciate Absolutely. you, man. Peace, we man. got a lot Absolutely. of love for you. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we said, man. Your peers speak up for you, and that shows the character and the man who you are, man. So you know, we got your back. You always got a. Family here. Home Good luck here. the rest of the way. We know you're not done. Keep climbing that ladder. You can catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube, the 100th episode. Indeed. Appreciate you, bro. Hoodie. And the iHeart platform, The Black Effects. Mm. You bitch you. <laughs> you bitch you. <laughs> this is All a Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio in partnership with Showtime. Jake Paul has silenced all his opponents. But his next test against combat sports legend Tyron Woodley is his toughest yet. Now the fight critics that Jake Paul should never take is here. Wants it more. Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, Sunday, August 29th at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, live on pay-per-view. Order now. Go to Showtime.com slash PPV. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 